Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, it's time for another installment of Listener Show and Tell. This is the sixth time we've done this on the podcast. This is when we outsource all of the hard work that it takes to put a playlist together to you wonderful listeners so we don't have to do any work. Yay. <laughs> uh, obviously, we do have to, you know, put all the tracks together and all that stuff, but it's definitely a lot easier than our typical uh, week process of having to research topics and listen to tons and tons of music and whittle things down. Um, so th- this is also a nice change of pace because it gives you guys more control and more say. Uh, there's a lot of soundtracks and composers and series that maybe you've been itching for us to play for a while. And so this gives you guys a little bit of uh, power over what we play. And also, I think it's fun because what we try to do with these episodes is we try to go into these as blind as we can. So we tried to really not listen to any of this. I mean, I had to listen to maybe like a few seconds of each um, just to, because some of you guys gave like five or six different options. Right. And so I just tried to listen to as little as I could and make a decision there. Um, But for the most part, we're going into this with really fresh ears. So we're going to give you guys our honest, immediate reactions to this music. Uh, And yeah, it's crazy to think that this is the sixth time that we've done this. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy. And it's also really fun for us to do these episodes, not just because of the lack of preparation, but because you guys get to hear our um, live sort of responses to this mm-hmm. music. You know, we don't have any prepared comments. We don't know what we're going to say. We don't even know that yeah. we're going to like all the music. <laughs> Let's uh, hope we these- do. Yeah, these episodes are just kind of a, a service to our fans and sort of a thank you. Um, yes. And every once in a while, we like to let you guys sort of create the playlist uh, for our episodes. So the one thing we should mention about that is this year was pretty insane. Uh, in the years past, like we would we would send out a tweet and mention it on a podcast. And it would probably take multiple weeks for us to reach a point where we got more than 20 submissions and we had to actually not include things and make decisions. Right. But this year, we sent out a tweet and uh, we, so we posted it on Twitter and Facebook. And in about 24 hours, we already had over 20 submissions. Isn't that um, insane? It's absolutely insane. So I think there's, there's a couple of... Uh, submissions that were sent in that we're not going to be able to to get to, but for the most part, um, everyone who sent a submission, we are we are we are going to get to today. And so then I had to go on social media and say, "Oh my gosh, you guys are you guys are great!" But we actually have to close submissions, and we were not planning on doing that for you know weeks later. So yeah, it was pretty insane. I think that led us to the decision that I think later this summer we're actually going to do another one of these, uh, and maybe going forward we'll try to do. Tr- do this twice a year just because well and also i think you guys might change the the way we've been doing it so far is like carl mentioned just going in completely blind and uh just taking first come first serve but it's clear that so many of you are really passionate and have a lot of suggestions that you want to play for the show and i think it's a good sign it shows that our podcast fan base has grown and that Mm -hmm. we have more listeners so we might just have to change our process for these listener show and tells and maybe have to do a little bit more vetting where we sort of try to pick maybe our favorite top 20 um, or just like the most mm-hmm. unique top 20 submissions that right. we get for these. We could also do something where every time we do it, we have a different theme. Like one of the 
installments could be uh we could specifically ask our listeners try to pick tracks that you think we will really love like both me will and myself right so then it's almost like people kind of like how when we do show and tells like part of it is i always try to find stuff that i know you'll really like and so maybe our listeners could do that that would be fun um or we could do it uh one where it's I'd like i'd be curious you know, to think like what they uh you know imagine you and i would like because sometimes we'll get suggestions like that where we think well, we oh, have I at think least Carl one of those really today. like this or... yeah we have at least one of those uh today so okay cool so we'll talk about that going forward but yeah expect a lot more listener show and tells in the future okay so what you guys heard up top um was from batman returns for the nes which is a konami soundtrack by hayato matsuo and takashi tateshi actually so that's really cool that was stage two shrek's department store not 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 the shrek you're thinking of the chris walken shrek um <laughs> and that was a submission uh from mark g so thanks mark for that submission we had played uh, i think one previous track from batman returns it might have been the stage one theme um so yeah we've never played that before that's a cool way to start the episode off most of the submissions i would say skew a little bit more towards modern stuff it seems like you guys are into a lot of modern soundtracks there's a few retro stuff that we'll get to but uh okay we're gonna start things off with a submission from simon one of our longest and most supportive listeners so what's up simon uh this is from a game called flint hook which i think is an indie game and i believe it's it came out maybe last year i think it's pretty pretty modern and Will, why don't you go ahead and help me out with the uh, pronunciation of this uh, composer here? I believe uh, this composer's name is Patrice Bourgeau. Cool. So yeah. uh, I believe a Canadian composer, an indie composer here. Um, and this uh, Patrice is, is a composer that I, I have a memory of Simon... Um, letting us know about him before i think he's sent us a few um uh tracks from this composer before so uh yeah let's take a listen to walking the planks from flint hook is a lot of fun you guys are listening to walking the planks this is from the game flint hook and the the soundtrack is composed by a canadian composer i I assume canadian composer patrice uh bourgeau and this is a submission from simon Uh, so we'll have to look into this composer maybe i'll do a little bit of research while will shares his thoughts but it's a fun little shuffle here uh i like the combination of retro chimps chip sounds with slightly more um more pleasing sounds like i think the drums sound a little bit more modern but it's a cool groove yeah this is a, this is a nice track yeah it's really cool i like sort of the synth sounds it has this kind of like i don't know cheesy old school sound to it um 
I, I, I really dig it, and it's sort of devious as well. Some of those harmonies and those chromaticisms have that kind of uh, playful, demonic sense about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned, I think, last week your college band, Apartment 4, um, right. and how you would do a lot of like fun 80s, dancey, synth-pop stuff. Um, but this kind of gives me a little bit of that vibe, too, particularly oh, cool. that Dr. Robotnik thing that you guys did so it looks like um patrice is based in montreal and looking through his band camp here he's done um some other soundtracks that i've heard before mercenary kings uh curses and chaos uh enchanted so i've definitely um heard this composer's work before so yeah uh, we look forward to seeing what he does next so that's a fun way to start the episode off some nice energy there uh yeah i think we actually start off the playlist with quite a bit of energy this will, this will be nice uh let's see you know what i actually don't know if this track is an energetic one or if it's more of a subdued i guess we'll find out here <laughs> this is um from lightning returns final fantasy uh 13 and looks like this track was composed by mitsuto suzuki as well as asuka kaneko uh this is a submission from jeff r or as I like to pronounce it, Geoff R. <laughs> Let's take a listen to The Ark from Lightning Returns. is beautiful you guys are listening to the arc this is from lightning returns final fantasy 13 i believe it's an expansion to 13 because i think obviously the the final fantasy 13 wouldn't have been titled lightning returns and i i do remember the soundtrack i think i've played something from this before so i have looked into this um don't recall this exact piece of music this is really beautiful this is uh submitted uh from geoff r or i guess you could say jeff um just kidding just kidding jeff uh, this is composed by Mitsuto Suzuki as well as Asuka Kaneko. Oh my gosh, yeah, this is this is a uh, like we said before we played this. I I didn't remember if this one was like a more rousing piece of music or it's it's very heavenly and and angelic. For angelic, sure. absolutely. It feels like we're entering the pearly gates. <laughs> if I had to describe sort of uh, the sound or some of the the um elements of Japanese orchestral film and video game music that I adore so much. It's this symbiosis of classical writing, classical orchestration, 
um, but mix with a, a particular blend and affinity for utilizing piano with the orchestra. And right. then also music that's tonal, that's utilizing functional harmony, but it's just simply extending the harmonies and adding major sevenths hmm. and minor sevenths where you might not expect them. But it's this really pleasing and, and specific sound that I feel like so many Japanese composers in film music and anime and in video games kind of go to. And yeah. it's, I don't know, it's it's really unique. It doesn't sound like any other pre-existing form of music or orchestral writing. Some people might say it sounds a little bit like impressionistic, maybe like, you know, French composers of the, uh, you know, late 19th century, early 20th century. But uh, to me, it sounds sort of distinctly different from that. And I think the emphasis of piano mixed with the orchestra uh, and then some of the blending of some of those jazz chords mixed in with the kind of classical form and structure. It's yeah. something that I just never grow tired of. And it's like one of the most beautiful sounds, if I have to just speak um, broadly, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, this is a unique piece of music and it has things about it that don't remind me of other pieces I've heard before, like sure. I think the use of the um, choral voices. But it's just. Oh God! What a what a gorgeous, gorgeous sound. Yeah, this is a piece that, um, and I mean this in the best possible way. It does not have a lot of restraint. It feels like these composers were throwing everything they could uh, to make this as beautiful and as angelic as they possibly could. And yeah, it's it's incredibly moving. Yeah, it just even from the very beginning, it's just wow. I would be very fascinated to know the context of this in the game, but. How gorgeous was that? Okay, cool. We're going to move on to something very different. And I do know the, <laughs> I do know the vibe of this because I remember uh, Josh's email. Um, he, I think, I think he gave, like a lot of people did, um, different options. Um, and I tried to just very briefly pick um, what, you know, what, what I would have gone with. And this is what I went with because he said uh, particularly that I would enjoy this. And I think he said that this reminds him a little bit of my Back in Orbit album, I think he might have said. Um, so I'm curious to, to listen to this in full. This is a track called Zip from Bomberman Hero for the N64 by Jun Chiki Chikuma. And again, this is a submission from Josh B. All right, let's check it out. <laughs> This is cool. You guys are listening to Zip from Bomberman Hero, composed by Jun Chikuma. And yeah, quite the compliment, Josh, if you think this reminds you of Back in Orbit, because this is really cool. Very jazzy. It is It is quite fusion-y, kind of this um, techno-fusion sound. So I think that there's some similar vibes there. Uh, yeah, this is a really cool soundtrack because it doesn't remind me of what Chikuma had done previously in the series. 
um, it definitely was showcasing her love of some other genres of music that maybe she didn't get to explore in previous games, you know, so there's a lot of like techno and breakbeat and electronic uh, influence on the score, and it's just very authentic. And I think it's one of the best sounding in 64 scores. You know, you don't really hear the technical limitations on this. It's just very competitive sounding uh, score for the for the time. And um, yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. Will, what do you think about this track? I think it definitely, as much as it's different in terms of kind of some genre influence and presentation, production elements, stuff like that, I think it absolutely has her melodic character and her sensibility, the kind of use of the kind of pentatonic... Um, melodic elements and just how catchy and, and simple it is. That's and true. It has that kind of cute, unabashed, you know, highly colorful sound to the melody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I absolutely adore this. I think it's it's really cool and it's a very unique blending of elements. I mean, it, yeah. that melody kind of reminds me of certain other things that I've heard in video games, but never in a track like this. And it just it, it's kind of cool when you can hear a piece of music that it borrows elements from other genres or other styles or, or something, but the total package is something entirely distinct and unique and doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. sound like any other one specific piece of music. It's a really cool score, very unique score. One of the ways that I tried to pick if someone submitted like three or four tracks is I tried to make sure that this playlist was eclectic and diverse. So for example, if there was a lot of orchestral submissions and then someone also offered something like this, oh, this you know this would be a great change of pace in the episode. So, so that was kind of my thought process there. Okay, uh, let's move on to a game called Loco Roco, which I uh, definitely have heard before. I, I feel like we've played something from this before because it sounds very familiar. Um, now, the artist of this track is is uh, the name of Melody Chubak, and I looked into it, and that's not one of the composers of the game, so I'm wondering if this might be maybe some sort of licensed piece of music. Uh, so this is a submission from Steve V. So Steve, feel free to, to shed some light on if you know like uh, who exactly this artist is and how this uh, you know differs from the composers of the game because I'm kind of curious. But anyway, this is Yellow's theme from Loco Roco. This comes to us from Steve V. Let's check it out. This is a blast. You guys are listening to Yellow's theme from Loco Roco. Thanks for this, Steve. This really brings a smile to my face. This this really reminds me of the Katamari series. It's just very playful and silly and happy. The artist again here is Melody Chubak, and there's definitely a little kid. Uh, I'm not sure if he was credited. Uh, I'm curious to know who this 
wonderful singer is here. Uh, how old do you think this kid is? He sounds like he's maybe about eight, eight or nine. Yeah, I have no idea. I just love little kids singing on video game music. It's, it's so unabashed. Hilarious to me. And yeah, <laughs> it's just great. It's so cute. There's a there's that happens a lot in Japanese scores for some reason. Um, there seems to be, uh, you know, good reasons to to have very innocent, playful pieces of music that. You know, lend themselves well to this. Sometimes it can be really just heart wrenching too. Like I know there was a gorgeous track in the Katamari series that 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 featured um, a child singer, and it was just oh, it just made you almost tear up. It was just so beautiful. This is definitely a, a different <laughs> sound. Very silly, fun. Yeah, great melody. Really cool. Really cool song. I I really think it's great. I'm curious what the words mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm interested in this piece of music. It's really fantastic yeah steve send us a little more info if if you if you are uh, if you're interested to let us know a little more context i'm just curious about this artist and this game it sounds like it could be the theme song for like a tv show you yeah know, absolutely like could weird zany cartoon show i'm just wondering if this is was an outside piece of music or if this was if this was written for the game i don't know just curious okay uh we're gonna move on to uh a track from the game prey uh, this was composed by Mick Gordon, and this pick comes to us from Alex M., another longtime supportive listener. What up, Alex? Uh, let's see. Uh, this track is called Everything is Going to Be Okay. And if I remember correctly, this uh, is a very synth-heavy soundtrack. Uh, it has some 80s vibes in here. I'm excited to check this out in earnest. Let's take a listen to Everything is Going to Be Okay. production here this is everything is going to be okay from prey uh this is composed by mick gordon just the mixing and just how big and lush and massive everything sounds here uh really good choice of synths some of these feel very retro in 80s um, but it, it has that timeless quality i think one of the interesting things about some of the trends some of the genre trends that we have in both pop music and also score is there's so much love and reverence for an era like the 80s. So it's like listening to a track like this, I feel like this would fit at home in the 80s. Uh, and it, fit at ho- it fits at home now. Right. 
um, you know, in 2018, it's uh, it's kind of timeless in a weird way. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like the the drums have almost like a disco drum sensibility because it's so basic and so fundamental right. and really in the pocket, I think. And that it doesn't give it sort of like the modern EDM trap drum kind of sound that would make it distinctly contemporary, but it also doesn't have the kind of like 80s drum sound necessarily. So there's something yeah, really hip about it that I think obscures the... Um, the time period. You oh, know, so it you're doesn't saying necessarily make me think of a specific era. You're saying the drums in particular are an element that kind of maybe bridges the gap between different. Uh, yeah, decades. because it's not distinctly 80s or distinctly modern. Mm. It's kind of like it's something else. It's yeah. it's like even more basic. It doesn't have any of the character of those eras. What a me. cool track. Uh, yeah, just very atmospheric. I think that's one of my... It's one of my favorite types of electronic music where um, there's a heavy emphasis on uh, setting up this bed of textures and really exploring... Um, a lot of space and so there's a, a lot of atmosphere and vibe to this but it's not at the expense of interesting music like the really right. cool uh that little staccato arpeggio that's going throughout the whole thing that kind of ostinato is is very catchy actually and even though there's not much of a melody other than that uh, the chord progression just is really feel good um and yeah this is just a very relaxing groovy track so thanks for that alex that was cool uh yeah i don't think we had ever played a mick gordon track so far in the show so we'll have to go back to that composer he's quite good all right uh let's move on to okay i this is so every once in a while like it feels like the titles of these games uh like someone's pulling a prank on me so i'm gonna try my best to let's see pronounce this this is uh, a pick from preston c and the game is called Ron. Danganronpa, Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony. (laughs) I don't know if I want people to kill Harmony. I like (laughs) Harmony. Um, This is a track called Beautiful Lie, and I think this is very beautiful. This is composed by Masafumi Takata. Let's check it out. This is amazing. So far, this is my favorite of the day. We, we haven't decided to track the week. We're probably just going to do it on the fly, but so far, this might get my vote. This is Beautiful Lie from 
Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. Uh, I apologize, Preston. This is composed by Masafumi Takata. How cool is this track? Similar yeah. to that Prey track, uh, it has everything because it's very vibey and atmospheric, and there's a lot of interesting textures, kind of sound design meets music. But uh, the musical material, the composition is so strong. This is a, a piece of music that I think I can't imagine someone not um, enjoying this. Yeah, the harmony is just killer. It's killing. It's killing harmony. <laughs> it's killing me. How good it is. <laughs> yeah, I love the groove. That God, those rhythms. The like it's really a so neat good. part and very syncopated. And what I like is you know the the piano and that little ostinato are the very basic kind of rhythms but that sort of percussion line really accentuates the syncopation and makes it feel even more like dancey and kind of funky and groovy and you just kind of want to get down to it i love it god it's really good what do you think will is this uh is this a contender for you so far i mean they're all great i think it's hard for me to say without uh hearing the rest of the stuff and just looking at some of the composer names on the rest of today's episode i think it's going to be a tough contender all right we'll probably have to decide at the end most likely so don't worry we'll still do our jingle whenever we do decide that was cool that was really cool so thank you preston for that oh one thing we did want to mention um so for a lot of this music we're not going to be able to play the 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 full thing today um and a lot of you guys know this by now but the nature of this podcast is we just want to give you guys a taste of this music, but we definitely recommend go out and buy this music if it's available. You should really support these composers, especially some of these indie composers. So this isn't the intent to, to, to play the full piece for you. It's just to give you a taste. And if you like it, you should definitely go out and try to support these artists. Okay. Uh, let's check out what do we have next? Oh, this is a nice change of pace. So, um, I was yearning for some retro video game music. Um, and most of you went more with modern, which is okay. But I was glad there was at least some. This is from a game called Dragon Warrior Monsters. And I do remember looking into it. I think it's quite good. I mean, it it is composed by Koichi Sugiyama. So that's, that, you know, lets you know that it's going to be good. Um, this is a submission from Michael W. And this is Terry's World. Let's check it out.
You guys are listening to Terry's World from Dragon Warrior Monsters for the Game Boy, composed by Koichi Sugiyama. This is sent to us by Michael W. So thanks, Michael, for this pick. This is really beautiful. I had not heard this before. Um, if I had, I, I may have heard just a little bit of it years ago. I definitely don't recall it. It's really beautiful. Very simple and humble melody here. It's really strange, but there was one moment that for whatever reason, it reminded me of the bridge to the Christmas song, the part with uh, uh, Happy Golden Days. Right. Um, I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of that. But um, e- either way, this is, this is a really cool... Will, what are your, what are your thoughts on this track? It's gorgeous. It's I I feel bad that I've never heard it before. I'm such a huge fan of this composer, and it's lovely to get more 8-bit Sugiyama music. Yeah. God, this is gorgeous. It's really cool. I, I also love the implementation. It's very plucky and sweet. And what I love about Sugiyama's writing is it's very tuneful and simple in the best possible way, but it has this kind of in some points, you know, counterpoint and, and classical writing and the, yeah. the the trading off between the parts is very thought out and precise. Um, well, this is an example where the, the tune is very simple and pleasing and there's an innocence to it and a pluckiness to it compositionally. Right. That when you hear it on the Game Boy, for me, it's just the perfect presentation of it because there's such a charm to the sound of the Game Boy and this implementation is, is really highlighting that. So this is one of those examples of, I actually, I have no desire to hear this in any other presentation. This just right. makes me feel all gooey and inside um and part of that is this the charming sounds of the game boy so it's so it's so awesome that sugiyama uh was tasked to compose for these retro systems because he just made some of the most pleasing music (laughs) those systems ever saw so cool thanks michael for that shall we move on yeah oh uh, the next pick is from phil phil b who is another very long time and supportive listener so thanks so much phil for all of your support uh okay so this is from rhyme uh now will why do you think this is so many games these days have these interesting combination of how they treat upper and lowercase letters like this is uppercase r lowercase i and then uppercase m e what do you think is the thought behind that the thing that i kind of enjoy about that is i think it's a way for them to ensure that a logo design or kind of a typeface design is uniform across platforms. So oh. whether you're looking at the track on iTunes, whether you're seeing it in the game, whether you're looking at it on box art, mm-hmm. the character of their logo is oh, preserved. That's where cool. if you design a logo, you know, it's an image and it only can exist if you put it in the game. But then when you see it spelled out, you know, other places on the internet, it doesn't have that character, something that was kind of popular. And we use it in, you know, some of our podcasts and stuff, uh, underscore Mm -hmm. uses what's called camel casing where, um, the U and the S are both capitalized, but they're part of the same word. But this is, there's other things that are like the opposite of that. Um, where, you know, certain letters are lowercase and other ones are uppercase case but yeah i think it's just kind of part of it is it's just kind of a trend it's a it's a trendy little Mm. fun 
quirky like meta joking thing but i i do think it's a way of having some kind of artistic aesthetic that can be carried through multiple platforms regardless of what font it is well let's keep talking about it for 20 more minutes because we are actually going to launch a text-based font podcast so yeah let's keep let's keep talking about the font you always make fun of me and my (laughs) fonts but i really like fonts i love fonts man comic sans my favorite uh, uh okay <laughs> i do think comic sans maybe might get an unfair amount of hate no i think it gets a very adequate amount of oh hate. interesting it's a disgusting okay. disgusting abhorrent <laughs> abomination of nature it's silly it's very silly what's your well what's your least favorite font um would it be that i i don't know probably not i mean i think comic sans is used in a lot of tasteless dumb ways so i'm sick of it um, but there's a lot of the ones uh, that kind of have like a slanted, narrow look, like just some of the uh, generic kind of come with Microsoft Word fonts that I just think are absolutely disgusting. Here's a quiz for you, Will. What's the font of Garfield? See if you know this. The font of Garfield? Yeah, like I if you've got a Garfield book on the top in big letters, let me, Garfield. Let me look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Google what the font is. Let me just look at it because I can't really remember. It's funny that I know that and you don't. Garfield. I was uh, obsessed with Garfield as a child, so maybe that makes sense. Oh, that's the um I know that I know that font. It's the same one that uh like Louis CK uses Cooper. on that show. Cooper. Yeah, Cooper Black. Yeah. A- STD or whatever. Fun fact, guys. Okay, let's finally <laughs> let's get back to music. Anyway, this <laughs> This is from Rhyme. This is a track called The Island, and this is so gorgeous. I really want to dive into the score and look into this more. It's composed by David Garcia Diaz. Let's take a listen to The Island. Once again, a disclaimer that we are not able to play the full piece here, so you should definitely check this out. This is actually available on his Bandcamp, David's Bandcamp, so definitely support this amazing composer. Thanks, Phil, for this suggestion. This is from Rhyme. This track is called The Island. Really beautiful sequencing work and um, you know, supplementing with a couple of real elements, such as the, the vocals there. Um, it's interesting to have uh, more of, the, of a male 
solo voice because typically when we when we hear this type of vocal line it's usually a female voice so i thought that was an interesting texture to have that that male voice there but yeah what a beautiful composition it's gorgeous music and i like that it's trying to sound somewhat modern and epic in terms of the production and kind of the low frequency stuff and yeah the sort of simplicity of the kind of ostinato groove of some of it, but mm-hmm. it has this really gorgeous lyrical melody, and then it goes into this kind of florid, like, I don't know, impressionistic development section, and it's just really yeah. rich, luscious harmony. Um, and that was super unexpected to me because I was really enjoying the theme. I thought it was beautiful um, and, and simple and kind of to the point. Um, but then kind of the full color of the orchestra and a lot more detail than I was necessarily expecting. No from, kidding. Jeez. Um, the beginning. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I do remember that Phil, in addition to suggesting, uh, things from a few different games, I think he suggested a couple different, uh, rhyme tracks and this is the one that I went with, but, um, I could have honestly gone with almost any of them and I look forward to listening to that full score. So thanks Phil for your support and for that wonderful suggestion. All right, let's move on to something that really boggles my mind. Uh, and as soon as Will saw this playlist, he was like, wait, we've definitely played that. But no, apparently we haven't ever played this on the podcast. It's Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball. This is a game that I had a lot of fun with, uh, particularly with Marty growing up on the Genesis. Um, really hard game for us. And so I don't know if we ever got past the first stage, with which is Toxic Caves. But we did have a lot of fun with this game. This was composed by Howard Drosen, Brian Coburn, and Barry Blum. A series of I Western I can't believe composers. we haven't played this uh, track. It's something that yeah. definitely I have nostalgia for, and I know we've mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I remember even in some of your, when you were doing like some of the Sonic-esque mm-hmm. stuff, I remember... Yeah, there's a definitely... Mentioning that certain tracks reminded me of this. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lead instrument in Toxic Caves that I've definitely used before. Um, It's really cool. So, all right, let's check out Toxic Caves from Sonic Spinball. This comes to us suggested by Stephen L. Here we go. guys are listening to toxic caves from sonic spinball now this this is pretty hilarious i think this is i like this track it's very nostalgic to me i have good memories with it i I think it's pretty catchy but it's kind of funny just how different this sounds from what was happening in the mainline series at this time on the same system implementationally it's very different there's a there's a level of sloppiness uh, that a lot, to be honest, a lot of Western composers had on the Genesis. 
I'm not sure if they were using gems or, or what tool they were using, but uh, some weird rhythm things going on. Um, definitely not the most pleasing instrument choice. I think for this track it works because it's kind of this snarly, gnarly piece of music that's um, kind of lends itself to these harsher tones. Um, but yeah, it is funny, like compositionally and implementationally, it couldn't be more different from what the Japanese composers were doing um, for Sonic. This comes to us from Howard Drosen, Brian Coburn, and Barry... I think it's probably Bloom. I said Blum. Barry Bloom. Um, I think this yeah. is a cool track, though. I really it's cool. like the lines. It's catchy, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the composition. It's by far the best thing in Sonic Spinball. I mean, there's some atrocious music here in this game, but um, especially that options theme. Dear Lord, that's bad. But this is cool. No, I have good memories of this theme and of this stage. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty clever idea to make a uh, pinball game with, with Sonic, you know? Right. I Almost as good. clever as Metroid Prime Pinball. Almost. Which apparently is actually a phenomenal pinball game. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. It's the Metroid Prime of video game pinball games. You know something weird about this game and, and how it's affected uh, my psyche is sometimes I accidentally say spinball when I'm talking about pinball. How funny is that? I'll say, oh, let's play some spinball. Oh, I mean, pinball. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if they ever made an actual Sonic pinball game. Like oh, an, I'm an sure. One. I'm absolutely sure they. You know did. who's really great at pinball? Jaime. Yeah, yeah. Jaime is fantastic. He's a beast. Our and drummer, his cousin Emilio. Band, we were playing. Uh, we were playing lots of pinball. When yeah, we were Magfest. At Magfest. Yeah, they kind of went crazy in the arcade. All right, uh, let's move on to a really cool score. It's called Evil Genius, and it was composed by James Hannigan. And uh, some of the music, if not all of it, went for this really cool kind of James Bond swanky secret agent uh, big band sound. And that's what you're going to get love with this, this like composer. orchestral and big band. Yeah, you're going to love this. Will. It's really cool. Apparently, there was a lot of menu music. Um, and I think it was kind of random. Like every time you went to the menu, a different, uh, you know, series of four different tracks played. And this is one of them. Uh, and this is what Sean F. wanted us to play from this game. It's Menu 2 from Evil Genius, composed by James Hannigan. Let's check it out. How cool is this? This is Menu 2 from Evil Genius. Suggestion from Sean F. So thanks so much for this wonderful suggestion. I don't know why we didn't include this on our RTS episode. This is an RTS 
game composed by James Hannigan. I'm going to send this over to Will because I know you probably have some thoughts on this. This is a genre that you've dabbled into. Uh, I love this, though. It's gorgeous. It's that wonderful kind of old... uh, It sounds like old television music, and it does sound like James Bond, but very kind of 60s Henry Mancini... Yep. Uh, type of a thing, Lalo Schifrin, where it's like big band mixed with orchestra. It's a sound that really only happens nowadays in kind of pastiche reference, pastiche in like a joking kind of way. But it's a really cool sound. Um, it is. And these chords are just great, and it's definitely nailing that James Bond sound without doing that kind of chromatic three mm-hmm. note. Um, kind of bond progression but it's all about those dissonant kind of alt chords and about those augmented chords that just feel very jazzy and then the kind of um, what's called a cross relation it's Mm -hmm. essentially like if there's a minor chord but a major uh, third in the melody or vice versa that that kind of dissonance that we associate with the blues and Mm -hmm. um, we associate with a lot of kind of jazz music how forms. cool was that oh man yeah james i hannigan. really love that well i know you've played uh tracks from james hannigan before he's a very talented composer he's really outstanding gosh uh, he's done some uh incredible music in a variety of different series yeah and i i'm i'm a huge fan of his uh i, I want to hear more from him he was at uh, Magfest. um i think this mm-hmm. past year, uh, a couple of years ago or something. Yeah. And I really wanted to get to meet him because I was very curious to talk to him about some of his work because he's just outstanding. We'll have to interview him sometime. Maybe uh, the next big projects that, that he uh, unveils for video games, that would be a great opportunity. So thanks, Sean, for that wonderful track. Cool. All right, we're going to now move on. Oh, okay, so I have to mention this. This was a piece of music that was actually suggested by multiple people, and so I'm actually glad that happened. I, I can't remember who it was. There was someone else. It might have been Phil, I want to say, who also, this was one of his suggestions, but it was great because I was able to go with that rhyme track and then also was able to go with this for someone else. So this right. uh, was suggested by Greg R, and it's the the credits, the ending theme from Far Cry 5 which is an outstanding soundtrack uh, composed by Dan Romer that is is just really, really high quality. We're probably going to spotlight on this most likely sometime this year. Uh, this this is one of the pieces that I have heard uh, before. It's really good. It's just a, it's just a song. Um, it's kind of this acoustic, um, uh, kind of folky, rocky, emotional song that features wonderful vocals by Meredith. Uh, Will, how would you pronounce her last name? Godreau? Yeah, yeah, Godro sounds right. Godro, uh, really gorgeous vocals. Uh, her voice um, just just really moved me. I think it's a beautiful song. Great lyrics, great melody. Uh, let's let's check it out. This is "We Will Rise Again" from Far Cry Five. shall rise a sinister creed the rich will get what they want the poor will lose what they need the devil knows our fears he told all his friends Lock the sun with their 
this is I found this very moving um, this is gonna be my vote uh, for track of the week I can't imagine anything will will top this for me I think this is an amazing song it's we will rise again from Far Cry 5 uh, composed by Dan Romer featuring Meredith uh, Godreau on vocals and her vocals are just perfect I really love her voice it's this great combination it's just folky enough it's just cute and maybe indie enough it's this wonderful hybrid I love the way that she scoops up to those notes um, with right, just the, the right amount of clips. yodels yeah well yeah she clips into her head voice and it's yes. almost the sound of it. yodeling is kind of thought to be um, a more male phenomenon right. because we have falsetto which mm-hmm. women don't have but a lot of singers can use and oscillate between their chest and head voice in a way that's very similar yeah it's so emotional oh it's so beautiful so the performance is just impeccable uh, I really love the melody and the lyrics and it's one of these rare cases for a song written for a video game that not only is it not cheesy uh, which I think is a success because most of the time that's what happens in my opinion um, but it's just on its own it's a song that I would enjoy just listening to it's a great song very powerful I can only imagine how it would move you after you've beaten this game but Will what are your thoughts on this man? Really a beautiful song I, I think the, the melody the lyrics they're all very gorgeous the, the that guitar tone very simple and kind of yeah it's so restrained and then the, the slight strings come in yeah and the strings have almost like I don't know how to describe it but it's like that like anti reverb sound mm-hmm. where it's like not only does it sound dry it sounds like it's like sucking up <laughs> space I don't know I, how I they love do that this, um, this tone whenever uh, songwriters go for this there's a timeless quality to this part of this reminds me of some sort of civil war song um, but it also reminds me of maybe 20th century folk music but it feels modern as well it's a very timeless and beautiful song and um, yeah just amazing job uh, Dan Romer did on the score and again with with respect to him um, you know we didn't play the full thing so you guys should definitely um, buy the soundtrack all right uh, so thanks Greg uh, and technically, thanks, Phil, as well, for both suggesting that track. All right. Let's keep going. Um, we're going to now play something from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and this is a really cool track. Um, I remember being uh, very captivated by this when I was, you know, breaching the walls of Hyrule Castle in this game, which is when this is played. This is Hyrule Castle. Uh, it was hard to to find a way into Hyrule Castle. Um, took me a lot of... A lot of tries, a lot of different approaches. Uh, This game was composed by Manaka Kadaoka, as well as Yasuaki Iwata. And this is suggested by Luigi B. So thanks, Luigi, for this really cool suggestion. Let's take a listen to Hyrule Castle.
You guys are listening to Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild, and what a unique piece of music. Sounds really unlike anything I've ever heard in a game. This is composed by Manaka Kataoka and Yasuaki Iwata. So thanks, Luigi, for this suggestion. Um, yeah, a very captivating moment in the game and scored beautifully. Instrument choice is very interesting. That pipe organ is a sound that really sticks out. And there's something ethereal and like technological about it, which is so right. fascinating that this well, it's a big old part of the... instrument has that sound. That's exactly, I think, what they were going for. And when you think about Breath of the Wild in terms of the game, one of the big ideas is of the Guardians, which are these yeah. mechanical wonders, but they're also <laughs> ancient. And How the organ is, is that, that way. The organ is really the first great human machine. Mm -hmm. um, it's an incredible masterpiece of engineering, and it's made for music. And so it, it has that dual purpose where it's mechanical, but it's yeah. also kind of earthly and ancient yeah i, so love I think that was the, a great choice for this hyrule castle i love theme. the arrangement here and how there's just the right balance of calling back to some koji chords and themes but then a lot of great new compositional material on top of it it really feels like right. uh the best of both worlds yeah one of probably I, I one like of my favorite the, tracks in the game yeah same here i i think the melody is really great my favorite part is ba -da -ba, ba -ba -ba. Mm -hmm. that felt like sort of a very koji moment harmonically and then i also really like the sort of piano rolled octaves that that i feel like is calling back to the like history of hyrule theme from ocarina of time right you know the one that goes like yes. that that kind of technique of those rolled piano octaves happens all over the place in the breath of the wild score right particularly in uh this game's rendition of the fairy fountain theme actually mm -hmm. does that that um, effect as a means yeah, of one playing thing, that melody. One thing that is interesting and that happens when you're playing the game is because so much of the score is more sparse and piano based when you have uh tracks like this they really affect you and they really stand out more than they would in a game that had non-stop wall-to-wall you know orchestral music so right all right let's move on this is an nes game uh, i'm not sure how you pronounce this guy Rus, maybe g Rus. Um, and it originally was an arcade game, and then it was ported years later to the NES. And this is this is pretty interesting. So I think Will's gonna gonna get a kick out of this. Uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to play this was because it's a really cool arrangement of Bach's theme, uh, his piece Toccata and Fugue in D Minor, very famous, very beloved piece of music. And it's just a great NES arrangement of that. We've talked so many times about how Baroque music lends itself so well in the NES. Uh, so this should be, should be a lot of fun. This comes to us a uh, suggestion from Chip C. So thanks a lot, Chip. And let's take a listen to the prologue theme from Gyrus, which was arranged by Masahiro Inoue. Here we go.
You guys are listening to the prologue theme. Uh, part of this is used for the stage one theme. Uh, from Gyrus, uh, Gyrus. <laughs> this is a game that's similar to uh, Galaga. This is the NES version, um, com uh, arranged and slightly composed by Masahiro Inoue. I really like the bass and the drum additions to this uh, classic Bach theme. Um, it really it helps make it rocking and groovy, and then you just have that great classical, um, you know, Baroque. Uh, melodies on top of it. it. It actually reminds me of a lot of original NES music, but yeah, why not go back to the master himself? Um, you know, arrange right. uh, a Bach piece. It's a good idea. Well, adding some syncopations, of course. Yeah. And yeah, this is mostly the Takata part of the Takata and Fugue. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's probably the most probably the most famous and cliche piece of organ music yes. um or just maybe even classical music in general that's it's like up there when people think of the organ they think of but that's that's kind of the genius of johann sebastian bach yeah wasn't uh, this written to almost like kind of test out one of the organs it was like it, it was like uh, kind of some big reveal where he composed this to like you know to like the first performance of it or, or something like that, something along those yeah, lines. And the, yeah, there was a lot of that. What's interesting when you look at the history of Bach is now we sort of revere him as this great master, and there's been so much said about him being kind of like the epitome of music mm -hmm. and the epitome of you know human genius. But at the time, he wasn't even the most celebrated no. Baroque composer, you know? Like, the church where he worked in Leipzig, they didn't want him. They wanted Telemann. Yeah. And they couldn't get Telemann, so they're like, okay, I, I guess, guess we'll, we'll settle for this guy, Bach. He's Dees. He's deaf Dees. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the exactly. ultimate hipster view is to say, oh, I used to like Bach before, before it was cool back in the Baroque era. Yeah. How I think the hipster that? view now would be saying, like, Bach's okay, but, you know, I really <laughs> like Telemann. It goes backwards. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to a uh, track from the Professor Layton series. This comes to us from the game uh, Professor Layton in the Unwound Future, and I think we have played something from this before. Will, have we done a Professor Layton episode or not? I actually can't remember. We have. We've definitely, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is composed by series composer Tomohito Nishiura, and it is suggested by Patchpen. So... Thanks, Patch Pen, for this really cool suggestion. It's Puzzle Battle. Let's check it out. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Puzzle Battle from Professor Layton in the Unwound Future, composed by Tomohito Nishiura. This is suggested by Patch Pen, so yeah, thank you, Mr. Pen. Thank you very much for this wonderful track. Yeah, we have not played this before. This is really cool. It's just classic Professor Layton, just very tragic, but also fun, and there's just like this weird, devious, demonic um, emotion mixed with beauty, and it's, it's just such a unique emotion that um, Professor Layton has in the whole series. How great is it? I really like those rhythms that It's kind of like haunted carnival music but yeah, there's this, this level of beauty that you're, you're not expecting. Yeah, I think that's a, a good description of a lot of the Professor Layton things where it's mixing kind of cultural cliches and certain folk music things that um, are almost like a stock element with a real rich sense of beauty and, and tragedy to some of the themes, I think. Absolutely. Thank you, Patch Pen, for that great suggestion. Let's move on to um, something from... This is another title that I don't know how to pronounce it. I guess I would say Baten Kaitos. Baten Kaitos? It's not... Are these real, baten these real words? I don't know. Baten Kaitos. Uh, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. And this was suggested by Joan B. And this track is To the End of the Journey of Glittering Stars. Cool. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to To the End of the Journey of Glittering Stars, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. This is um, not the typical sound that I would expect from Sakuraba. And I was, for some reason, I was a, when I saw that this game was suggested, I was expecting a rocking piece of music. Because we have played music from this before. Baten Kaitos, or Baten Kaitos. gorgeous. This might be... Mm, it's hard to say. This might be my pick for a track oh, of the week. Oh, wow, interesting. It's got to go to one of the orchestral things. I really? might go with the David Garcia Diaz track. That's or interesting. That James Hannigan one was fun. 
I don't know. There's a lot of great stuff. I would I would go with Far Cry Five. For me, I think that song is is the one to beat. Uh, but you know, technically, we're not done with the episode, so who knows what's going to happen? But um, yeah, this will be interesting to figure this out. Uh, so, Will, I do have to mention this. I know we we said this the the previous track we played. We have not had a Professor Layton episode. Can you believe that? What? Can you believe that? We've had a DS episode. Puzzle games episode, handhelds episode, uh, 3DS episode, those and an adventure episode. So those are all episodes that featured latent music, but we have not had a dedicated episode of the series. So maybe we did like wowzers. a crossover of that with something else. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. I think it's just been featured on so many different episodes that you know that's no dude but i specifically remember like playing lots of professor layton in one episode and like talking about how it could have been the adventure game could have been the adventure episode or the 3ds episode because there's multiple no no no, but i like i i remember the first game having like a certain sound and then we went through the series yeah there there was there definitely was an episode where that happened it was either the 3ds or the adventure or the puzzles probably it was it was the puzzle games episode because we featured multiple latent games in that episode. But yeah, um, we got to get around to doing that. That's uh, that's definitely uh, criminal at this point. So we'll do that because we love that series. So, okay. So Will really liked that uh, Kaitos track. Let's see uh, if, if that uh, or the other orchestral tracks can be beaten. We're going to now move on to... Oh, this is really good. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I'm excited for this. This is from a game called Omega Quintet which I've actually never heard of. I think it's an RPG. So this is cool. It's composed by uh, Noriko Murakami, and it's suggested by Mooney. So thanks, Mooney, for this suggestion. This is Melody of Hidamari. Let's check it out. is delightful you guys are listening to melody of hidamari from omega quintet composed by noriko murakami and suggested by mooney this is wonderful not only have i not heard of this piece of music but i haven't even really heard of this game or score so excited to check this out this is really delightful and i love the inclusion of the solo violin it's a very happy pleasing sunny piece of music i think one of the alternate titles of this was sunny melody And that would have been a perfect title as well. This is great. This is one of my favorites of the day. 
I still can't believe we haven't done a Professor Layton episode. I'm kind <laughs> Will's of, uh, just reeling from that. I'm having a crisis right now, man. He doesn't right believe now, it. Man. He can't believe what's it. What's that? What's that? Uh, that people call that effect where they think. Uh, I can't remember. Shoot, what is called? Oh yeah, the um, Mandela effect, where yeah. certain people recall different things, things that and never happened. It's proof of like a split. Dude, that's happened multiple times. Universes. This podcast has been a mind warp for us for multiple reasons. Chemical Plant Zone, we were like sure we had played it. To the point where, like, I literally have a memory of, like, playing it in an early episode. But for whatever reason, it's just, it's not true, man. These things just are not true. <sighs> yeah, crazy. I can't believe that. Like, I swear we did that episode. I, like, I'm looking through my iTunes library to see if I have the playlist. It was and Puzzle Games is what you're thinking of for show. <sighs> I think it's because we did Puzzle Games and then a few weeks later did DS that DS I just maybe, constructed... Yeah. Uh, Professor Layton. We've definitely featured the series head. heavily, so it's not like it's not as bad as is something that we've like never featured. Like for example, like the Mick Gordon, we've literally never featured a track from him before, so that's not good. But at least with the Professor Layton series, we've played it a lot of times on the podcast, so so we're not you know it's not as criminal as it could be. So uh, all right, uh, let's move on to. I don't mean to give the shaft to that was a gorgeous piece of music. I loved the arrangement. I liked the melody, the melody of Hidamari. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a crisis right now. Sorry, Mooney. Will, Will wasn't quite as focused on his analysis there. Okay. Um, I loved that track though. That was one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to something from blue reflection, which is a great score. And this was actually, we featured a track on this on our most recent Mercado radio. So this is composed solely by Hayato Asano, who is, I think, the most talented person who used to work for the Gust sound team. I'm pretty sure he left. I'm pretty sure he's a freelance composer now. And actually, I might post this to either our Discord or something. He has a YouTube channel, um, and it's basically these really long streams of him composing. And you get to see him working. I've never seen that for a Japanese composer before. And he's basically like composing in the DAW and changing things and and, and tweaking with things. And he is a, a mad genius. So I should post one of those videos of uh, Asado-san working. It's, it's really interesting. Anyway, this is a track from Blue Reflection. It's called Omake. And this comes to us from Zach W. Cool. Let's check it out.
my gosh, you guys are listening to Amake from Blue Reflection. This is composed by the wonderful Hayato Asano. This dude is so young. He is, I think, two years younger than me. I think he's like 27 or so. All the amazing work that he's already done so far. um, He has such a signature compositional style. All of his melodies are so familiar and like folk-like and beautiful and serene. Um, but he really enjoys uh, some really spicy and complex chords and some surprising harmonic movement in a lot of his music. And this is very fitting that, that Zach uh, suggested this because he was the person who actually introduced us to the Gus Sound team and to the Atelier series and all that wonderful music. He introduced us to that on Twitter and then eventually we did. We've done multiple ep- Gus related episodes and I'm sure we'll do more. I could see a blue reflection spotlight at some point. Will, what are your thoughts on this? It's beautiful. It reminds me of a lot of the other Gus Sound team stuff, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the use of piano and kind of those chords melody harmonized in kind of parallel sixths Mm -hmm. which is a very sort of dramatic quasi melodramatic you know i associate it with a lot of japanese composers and it's yeah yeah this is a gorgeous gorgeous piece it feels kind of like another little hidden gem yeah this is nice because this isn't the sound i um relate to the score because i've um liked the score actually uh for a couple months now i've had it and really been enjoying it um and the sound that i think of from blue reflection is more of like a dubstep edm electronic meets um japanese folk this weird fusion hybrid um so something that's more stripped down like this is definitely a nice change of pace for the score um, but yeah, man, such a big fan of Asano. Can't wait to hear what he does next. All right. So so yeah, we've had a lot of emotional music. You guys are trying to make us cry here. We're going to end uh, <laughs> with a piece of music that's literally called Sad Times. Uh, that has not been the case today. This has been Happy Times, but we are going to play this track suggested by Stuart M., another longtime listener. So thanks, Stuart, for your support. This is from Stronghold. And this is a score that we've featured on the podcast before, composed by Robert Uivino. Let's take a listen to Sad Times, and we'll try not to cry. promise I'm not crying here. You guys are listening to Sad Times from Stronghold. Uh, This is suggested by Stuart. 
composed by Robert Uivino. Um, a very big fan of the soundtrack. This is one of those diamond in the roughs. Um, PC score that we've featured. Um, it was in, I can't, I honestly can't remember if it was RTS or simulations. Um, one of those episodes, but, um, yeah, it's just this, I think kind of an unheard of soundtrack that I don't think most people are very familiar with, but the music is incredibly high quality. Uh, and what an interesting tone to, to end on. I do want to say that I didn't want to leave you guys feeling sad. So the playout track, which is, you know, the last suggestion of the day, is the the polar opposite. It's a tropical, simple, happy, sunshiny vibe. And it's from Donkey Kong Country Returns, which is interesting. Uh, we haven't featured a lot of music from that game. That game featured mostly remixes of uh, David Wise material, Evelyn Fisher material. Um, this is a track that seems like it has mostly original material. So we'll just briefly say the list of composers uh, of that game. Uh, Kenji Yamamoto, Monaco Hamano, Masaru Tajima, Shinji Ushiroda, and I think maybe one or two others. But uh, the Retro Studios developed game that came just before Tropical Freeze. And actually, speaking of, Tropical Freeze is now going to be available on the Switch. So I'm probably going to get that game all over again and play it because uh, I never beat it. Um, and so actually, uh, so Will, we, we did that with uh, Rayman Legends. Uh, me and Joe, we, we bought it again for the Switch, and now we're actually playing through the whole thing because that happened with me for that game. Wait, where Rayman Legends is now out for the Switch? It is, and it's even better than it's ever been. Um, it's it's really, really fun on the Switch. I got to say, I'm a little sad that all of the like best Wii U games are just being re-released for the Switch. And I'm it's just going to like make that console completely obsolete. It makes well, me a little sad. I think it already is, though. It's already obsolete, and at least you're getting these wonderful games that a lot of people never played. I think that's a really good thing. Rayman Legends is one of the best games, one of the best platformers ever. It's so amazing and creative yeah, and fun. Yeah, it's good. And I had a wonderful time with Origins. I think I beat that game, but for whatever reason, I, I stopped playing Legends, and so now playing Legends it is on, so on much the better. Switch, it's yeah, amazing, it's and we're having a blast with it. So I look forward to probably doing that again with Tropical Freeze. Um, so yeah, this, this last suggestion comes from Jack B. So thanks, Jack, for the suggestion. Thanks to all of our wonderful listeners. Round of applause for, for all these wonderful uh, suggestions. All right, Will, it is time, though. We do have to pick a track of the week. What do you think? Hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Matoi Sakuraba uh, oh, track wow. from Baten Kaitos. I would have not thought that in a million years. Or I'll go with the David Garcia Diaz track called The Island. Those were my two favorites. I can live with that. I I would prefer the Far Cry 5, but if I had to pick an orchestral one, I would definitely say the island um, wowed me a little bit more than that um, Sakuraba track did. So yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with the island from Rhyme as track of the week. So congratulations to Phil B um, for picking the track of the week. Wonderful work, everybody. And we're going to do another episode like this, probably this summer. We might change the approach a little bit. Um, but you guys are awesome. The The interaction and the feedback and the love that we get from all you guys is, are one of the one of the big reasons why this show is um, able to keep going, not to mention the wonderful support um, on platforms such as Patreon. So you guys are the best. Um, we're very lucky to have listeners that are as passionate as you, always offering wonderful ideas and suggestions and great music. 
And these episodes are so fun. We just get to sit back and uh, enjoy some great tunes. So, all right, we'll play you out with this DKC Returns track. Will, anything else you want to plug? We should probably plug a really exciting project, right? Yeah, we got to talk about, um, we mentioned this last week, and then before that we had a, a little bonus announcement. We'll keep talking about it. We have a it. new album in the works called Hero of Legend, Woo-hoo! which is going to be three albums of original music um, written in the style of uh, three different points in the Legend of Zelda series. Our first volume will be released on May 11th. Yes. And this is a project that Carl, myself, and Marty have all been working on yes. for several years, actually. So we're really excited to reveal it, and we're so excited to share all of our hard work with you Yeah, guys. the first volume is going to sound 8-bit. And one of the things I can say about this, we've talked about how each volume is going to represent, in some ways, a different era of Zelda. The fun thing about this, without giving specifics away, is we are going to play with that. We're going to toy with that idea. So just because, for example, you hear an 8-bit sound... Don't expect that there won't be influence from other eras. So part of the fun is going to to be this cross-pollination of uh, different influences, and it's going to be this interesting time warp uh, of sound and influence. So we really look forward to this project and for you guys to hear this. And another thing I'm so excited about is uh, some great original artwork by our buddy Carlos, who did an amazing job. If you saw the reveal trailer, that kind of 8-bit pixel art, um, that was all Carlos, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just been super collaborative with us, and I'm really excited to see you know what he comes up with in the future. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll play you out with this DKC Returns. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Thank you.